Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Educate an Idiot. I'm Mark, and today I have with me two guests, and we're going to talk about how to be a plant mom, or a plant person, or a plant daddy, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we got Brooke and Dakota with me. Dakota's going to help me ask some questions, and Brooke's going to mostly answer uh, to the best of her ability. So, Brooke, you how long have you been doing plant stuff? Well, about a year ago, my... Uh fiance at the time, now husband, bought me some stuff to make a terrarium. Turns out I was really bad at terrariums, but I liked the plants, so it kind of just took off from there. What a thoughtful person. He's okay, I guess. I did marry him. And what what did you start out with? You said the terrarium thing didn't work out. Where did you go after that? Terrariums are good for plants that like really humid environments because, you know, once you close it, however much water you put in there stays in there. So uh, those plants turn out to be really finicky. So one of the first plants I ever got was a nerve plant. It crisped up and I thought it was dead. I watered it and it came back to life like an hour later. So like I just, it really like sparked my interest in plants and how they interact in different environments and all the different things I could do with them. And what kind of a plant is a nerve plant? You just said it likes extreme humidity. So it, would it be something you find in like a jungle or... Well, uh, something I should have said at the beginning is I'm not an expert. I don't know exactly where that plant comes from, but I know it loves it loves a lot of water in comparison to like a succulent, which is what I was used to having. Like I have a succulent I've had for like five years, and I've watered it like less than ten times, and that's the first succulent I ever got. But it didn't really pique my interest because it didn't do much. But this uh, nerve plant of Phytonia just reacted so drastically; it was just cool. And when it comes to succulents, that's more of like super dry, arid type things, right? Yeah, I think of like a, a cactus. cactus. You okay. think of them in like the desert, stuff like that. Yeah. They don't, they get watered every now and then. If they get too much water, they'll die. That's because like, that's just how they are structured. They, they're not structured to hold that much water. Aren't succulents those gifts that mother-in-laws will get their their, their daughter-in-laws to to kind of make like this little passive-aggressive mark that they can't take care of anything because they're so easy to take care of? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it could be. I have a really nice mother-in-law, so she gave me some wild plants. So I don't know about that. I but... bet she has a lot of faith in you. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> okay, so we've. And succulents are usually kind of small, right? They can be, but they can get really massive, actually. So, like, the plants that you typically see are going to be the ones that you put in, like, your windowsill. They get a lot of light. You kind of forget about them, and then you're like, oh, it's still there. I better give it water, like, six months later. That kind of thing. But they can grow to be, like, absolutely massive. So, I'm making, like, how big would you say this is? Like, a basketball hoop? I've seen those for sale. Like, I have that huge... Aloe, which is, I think it's a type of succulent, not 100% sure. Like I said, I'm not an expert, but I know they like the same kind of environment. And that thing is like, what, the size of like 
a dodgeball. So it's pretty, maybe bigger than that. So no, they're not always small, but you don't see a lot of big ones to make it short. I'm guessing the bigger they are, the more they cost, right? Not always, no. It just depends on the type of plant that it is. And if it's like on the rarer side, it's like your magic cards. Like think of like this one piece of cardboard that has like a specific reflective pattern on it. Like people want that, you know? Yeah. So people it, want the pretty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or something that stands out. Yes. Although there are a lot of basic like staple plants that people have. Like they're pretty, but everyone has them. So like, like ferns? No, not necessarily ferns. I only have one fern. That's because I'm not that I'm not that big on ferns because I kill them. But uh, uh, other people do get ferns a lot. But what's some other ones? A snake plant? Like there's a bunch of different kinds of them. But everybody they, has a snake plant. Yeah, I have like seven, and they don't need to be watered a lot. So it's kind of like a cactus, but not really. All right. Well, that that brings me to. If somebody was just starting out and they don't know anything about plants, what's the easier ones to take care of and, like, to make them thrive, you know, instead of killing them off? Okay, so my very first suggestion is go to, like, a local greenhouse because they're going to know what thrives in that kind of environment and, like, can you take it outside? Can I take it inside? Like, that kind of thing. So go there, which my go-to place is Pemberton's in Lexington. I really like them. They're really helpful. So you find plants that thrive in your environment. So I don't really put a lot outside. So I really just had some succulents out there for the summer, but then I had to bring them in for the winter because you know Kentucky weather. I have to know when they survive. But just something you can have inside, very basic, are the snake plants, um, cactus, cacti, random little succulents, you know. Um, I'm trying to, a ZZ plant. Everyone has a ZZ plant. They are nicknamed like the iron plant or something like that because you just can't kill them. Oh, okay. Super easy. But on the flip side, there's this thing called a raven ZZ that's black, and it costs a lot more money. The green ones are just readily available. The black ones are a little harder to find. And you said, I think we talked about it before, that they're copyrighted or something? Um, or they have a patent on the... Patented, yes. So... Uh, a person can actually patent a plant like if they don't crucify me if I get this all butchered biology people but they just kind of put two different seeds from two different plants together and make them have a baby and that baby's really cool looking they can patent that because they they created it I guess yeah kind of like how Dole patented their banana after they created their version of a banana mm -hmm. um, through kind of like mixing the seed genetics or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what about some plants that are super common among the, the plant community? Like a lot of people have this one. So like everyone has a pothos. If you're like on that, not just beginner stage, it is a pretty beginner plant, but if you're like in the second stage, everyone has like a long pothos. So uh, I don't have one that's quite that long, but I do have other vining things. People like vining things, especially me. So I have um, my philodendron Brazil, which just kind of vines. I don't know how to explain it. And then other types of philodendrons that vine like that. So everyone has a vining plant. What would you call something that's like an intermediate level? Like you start leveling up some. It's like, oh, this is a little harder to take care of. 
for me personally, I would say ferns. That's just because they're a little more temperamental, like that Vitonia plant I mentioned earlier. Those, you kind of have to watch them and see what happens because in like a couple hours it can look like it's gonna, it's completely dead, but it's not. You just need to water it. So they're just those temperamental plants that I'm not a big fan of. And I'm assuming dirt or sand or rocks, is that what you put everything in? So different plants have different needs. The cacti I was talking about earlier, they don't like a lot of water, so they like really loose soil. So you get something like a quarter of regular soil that you get from Home Depot. Then you add some, uh, maybe pumice or something like that, that would retain just a little bit of water, but would dry out quickly too. Then you can mix that with sand. Sand is a really good one to mix that with too because they're used to that environment where it's kind of dense but it wicks water away quickly. So that would be a really good mix for a cactus. What it, I mean, if you just use, what, what's the problem with using straight dirt for a cactus? Well, I mean, you just have to be really careful about how much the, the soil will hold water. So if especially if you don't have a pot that drains or you're in a pot that doesn't wick water well like terracotta wicks water really well but if you get a ceramic one that's like glazed it's not going to wick any water through the um through the pot so, so i'm guessing too much water means it'll just retain a bunch of water and the roots will sit in that water and they'll just die they call it root rot I mean, they're, so they're very different than, like, uh, something you would see in a swamp or something like that. Right? Oh, yeah, those those practically live in water. They love it. But also, I'm, I'm not going to say I don't know anything about swamp water plants, but um, <laughs> there are plants that can live in water or in soil, or I use LECA. You can, I'll explain that in a little while. But in water, you can just grow it in straight water. It's It gets what's called water roots, but you have to put nutrients in that water for it to continue growing. Or you can put it in the soil that already has that nutrients and then give it water so it can absorb absorb those nutrients. And, I mean, where do you get the nutrients? Just Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, Amazon? So soil just has, like, its own. You can get stuff that has extra nutrients or fertilizer or whatever you want in it, but soil is inherently going to have those nutrients that it's, if you get the right balance. Like I was saying earlier, you might have to mix it with some sand or some other stuff, but I can't explain it because it's so different for every plant. You just have to look it up. You're yeah. going to have to mix some soil sometime or another if you want to use soil, but if you want to use a different method like water, You'll need to figure out how to do that because sometimes I actually have a cactus in um, water right now or LECA, which is kind of like having it in straight water that I never thought I could do, but I actually pulled it off. So it just took a really long time. So plants are really versatile. Like they may like one environment, but you can get them used to a different one, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I guess they go through some kind of shock when you change it from like dirt to sand or sand or something so you do listen to me when i talk every now and then yes plants go through a shock period when they are uprooted and put in like a different pot or even a different soil anything i mean it's just like imagine someone plucking you up and dropping you off in just like a desert like yeah. <laughs> you're gonna go through something so they can do that by like shedding their roots. It's not necessarily, they are dying, but they're shedding so they can grow different roots that would better adapt to that environment. If that makes sense. No, I, <laughs> I keep saying yeah. that, but it's so hard. It's like we talked about before this, it's so hard to... Um, well, I mean, you take certain plants and you put them in certain kind of 
media? <laughs> Would that be a good word to say? <laughs> yes, That's yeah. a good word. <laughs> yeah. It, say you put it in, it's something that's used to sand. So, and then you put it in dirt and it's going to be kind of a shock, but it might not survive. Oh yeah, definitely. They can die really quickly, but you can also kind of ease it into it. So like moving it from water to dirt, you put it in there, don't water it for a while because it's already got those water roots. It needs to develop soil roots. So you wait a little while until it, it needs to grow roots, if that makes sense, it needs more nutrients or it needs more water or something. Then you put the water in there and the roots will do what they need to do. It's really, it's really, really cool. I don't know how, it's just kind of like magic. As a roommate to someone who has a lot of plants, I've seen some miracles pulled off. There might be a lemon tree right now, guys, that um, we <laughs> thought was a goner. And, and just Peter, today, just did. today, we found out that that lemon tree might be holding on. Yeah, I was really surprised by that one, too, because uh, I've never... A, a citrus tree is a new adventure for me, and I thought I had killed it, but I didn't. <laughs> so what you're saying is you neglected it for months. Yes, actually. It was in the garage in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> we might have forgotten it was there. Maybe. But um, Miss Keisha's coming back, y'all. She is. <laughs> We're going to have baseball-sized lemons next summer, right? Uh. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, so you, you mentioned water uh, water roots. I mean, it's... And I think you've talked about air plants before. Is that a real thing, or is that something Okay, different? yeah. Air plants also amaze me because somehow even though you don't have to water them I kill them so uh, the only time they grow grow roots is whenever they want to attach to something so you find them on like trees like in Florida and stuff they're just they are attached to the tree but that's not where they get their nutrients or their water they get it from like rainfall it's so wild to me so I would forget that they were real forget to miss them every now and then and then I go back six months later and they would just be crisp so, I'm not very good with those either. So, so let me get this right. What I've learned thus far <laughs> is a plant, the, the plant kingdom, can grow in earth, mm -hmm. air, <laughs> water, mm -hmm. and fire. What about fire? Can we, like, make this full circle avatar the last airbender? Like... <laughs> I'm assuming not, but that would be really cool if they could. I mean... I mean, there are plants that survive in really hot climates. I wouldn't necessarily say fire, but very, very warm climates. So, maybe. There are some plants that can survive, like volcanoes and, and stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, some plants survive of the forest fires, like are mm -hmm. happening in California and out west right now, like trees and, you know, they... <laughs> so, I'm just going to call it here that plants belong to the avatar or you know mother nature all right so i guess leka i'm familiar with leka but can you tell us more about it leka is an amazing product okay I, they should endorse me actually or i should endorse them and they should pay me <laughs> because i love it anyone who knows a little bit about plants knows that they come with bugs right especially with plants that are in soil that's just where bugs thrive it's the circle of life. <laughs> but LECA is different. It's not soil. It's like something aggregate. It's something expanded clay aggregate. 
I don't remember what the L stands for, but it's just these little clay pebbles. They can be completely circular. They can be irregular. If you look up just L-E-C-A in Google, you'll figure it out. But these are really good for wicking water up. So you just fill your pot with about um, one third full of LECA. Put your plant in, cover the roots, put it all the way to the top, and then you fill it up with just about, just under a third of water, and then that those clay balls will wick, wick it up to the roots. But you also have to supplement those nutrients it's not getting from the soil. You have to, what I save up milk jugs and mix water in it all the time. You get your water, then you add, I add stuff to get rid of all the chlorine in it because some of my plants are really finicky and don't like chlorine water. Yeah, you... I've seen you, maybe not particularly, you collect rainwater before. <laughs> and somebody, one of your friends gave you rainwater, and you use that to water your plants, right? Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't have all of, like, the added stuff we have for our teeth. Like, what is it, fluoride? Fluoride, chloride. Plants all, don't all need fluoride. Minerals. Yeah, so, but I get these drops. They're actually for, like, betta fish tanks, and it just takes all that stuff out of it. Or it neutralizes it, whatever. I do that, and then I add this stuff called Super Thrive. It's just like a nutrient blend. I don't know, a lot of people in the like a plant community use it. It's it's done really good stuff for me, and it's pretty cheap. You can find it on Amazon. Sounds like Gatorade to me. <laughs> Gatorade for plants. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, what they... Well, have you guys seen Idiocracy? No. <sighs> Is it like, it's what they crave, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, plants, it's what... Or, it's like they're off-brand Gatorade. It's mm -hmm. like what's, it's what plants crave, and it's not <laughs> what plants crave. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> Super Love is good. It has the stuff it should have, not just sugar water like Gatorade. <laughs> but, um, okay, Super Thrive, and then I add all of the general nutrients. I use the ones from General Hydroponics on Amazon just because I saw someone else recommend it, and it's worked so far. Uh, for three bottles of different, three different nutrients that I give to all of my plants, but all of them from the most finicky to the ones I haven't watered in six months, I just, it's good stuff. It's got a lot of nutrients in it, even if they are in soil. Okay, so I got the general hydroponics stuff off of Amazon, which is, like I said, $30 for three bottles, and you just mix it all up in a jug, shake it up, then I test the pH and either add pH up or pH down, which is just a, which is just a base and an acid to balance the pH. And then that's it. I water them to like a, in Lekka about a third of the way up and then I just replace it when it gets empty. I mean, you said you're not an expert, but I mean you definitely know more about it than I've ever known about it. You worked your way up to this point. It's not like you started off and you bought all this stuff and it's like, I'm going to use Leica and all these nutrients and all this. It's like you, you started off with a terrarium that was didn't do too hot. And then you're like, well, screw it. I'm going to go buy some you know, small plants and then work up from there. Well, you see, I have this thing called ADHD and we um, tend to hyperfixate. So when I found any type of rabbit hole that had to do with plants I went down it and if it intrigued me I did it I bought it <laughs> I just I went a lot of different routes to come this route and it's just the easiest for me because I'm also lazy really lazy so if I don't have to deal with gnats or stuff like that and I just have to pour some water in maybe dump some leca balls on the floor 
like I've done millions of times now but it's much better than soil going everywhere and having to sweep it up and mop and it's just it's just cleaner <laughs> but you mentioned gnats are there other bugs you gotta worry about I'm, I'm offended you would ask because you know about my spider mop problem <laughs> but yes <laughs> Um, oh, the spider mite crisis of 2020. <laughs> it was a it was a whirlwind of a week. Um, so in Lekka, you're less likely to get pests because they don't have like the soil to live in. They just have the balls and the water and the plant. So spider mites are one of those things that can survive no matter what. And a, a pro tip, something I wish I would have thought of before uh, I started all this plant journey. When you get a new plant, check it out before you put it near your other plants because it might have some bugs in it. And those bugs can spread like wildfire, like they did to all 100 plus of my plants that we had to wash by hand and then wash in the tub and then repot and then clean again in a week. Do the same process over and over again. It was wonderful. Because of one plant you bought spread it all to all the other ones one plant that costs maybe fifteen dollars cost me probably hundreds of dollars of my time <laughs> honestly it was <laughs> awful so uh yeah number one tip check out your other plants before you put them around your older plants and it was that is that with succulents also or is that just other anything stuff? any yeah. plant like Think about it. Bugs love that kind of stuff. Like that's just where bugs thrive. You you see bugs out in the wild, they're gonna they're gonna make their way into your house plants one way or another. What about other bugs like spiders or? Yeah, uh, spiders are beneficial. They kill flies and stuff. So spiders don't really bother me much. It's more of like the pests that will kill my plants. So like mealybugs are one, and then they they can get fungal diseases too. They can spread from plant to plant, and it'll just eat it up. Does it spread by the bugs, or how does that work? Do oh, the fungal diseases? Yeah. Like, so, um, fungus is like a spore. So if there's a draft, it just kind of floats on. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah. So the bugs, though, my plants, if you guys could see it, they're pretty cramped because I have a lot. They just walk from one leaf to another mm. and make their, make their way downtown. It's kind of like humans, you know, like with the cold or the flu or... Or colonizing my, different countries. <laughs> or colonizing different <laughs> countries. Yeah. Um, I, I guess if you want to spin it that way as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's really interesting to have lived through the spider mite crisis of 2020 with a roommate with so many plants. I was the official uh, plant washer. Yeah. My, my number one sidekick during all of this. I just experienced the yelling. That's that was my experience of it was the ah well well your your office kind of got taken over too yeah it was very oxygenated in here <laughs> <laughs> I could breathe so good in this room you want to hear the most frustrating thing uh, that I ever went through for plants yeah definitely yes well you went through it too so remember that time I wanted a plant shelf yeah. And there's no plants on it right now. <laughs> because I have nowhere to put it in our new place. Yeah. So we spent like two whole weekends sanding this thing, 
scraping paint off of it then restaining it even cutting parts of it off like i spent like 75 dollars on it or something like that and we spent so much time on it and only got to enjoy it for like three or four months <laughs> and then we moved and now it doesn't fit anywhere <laughs> the moral to that story is plan plan ahead <laughs> Look you at the see, future. You see, I have this thing called ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dakota, you had some questions, right? Yeah. So one thing that I've learned, being the roommate to a, a plant mom of over <laughs> probably a hundred plant babies, and, and guys, like we're not exaggerating. The, every surface has plants, and I've actually come to like it. You know, I came from uh, a previous roommate who could barely keep. Uh, <laughs> Well, I won't say she could barely keep her dog alive. She did a good job <laughs> keeping the dog alive. Uh, she went through several plants and never found her niche as, as Brooke has. But um, I, I've come to really realize that there's a plant community, especially where we're at here in Lexington and Central Kentucky. And it's really fascinating to me how social media plays a part in this kind of plant culture um, and, and how like COVID-19 and, and quarantining and the whole pandemic has just created this new kind of interest in, in, the, in this plant community. Could you share a little bit about, you know, like how, how that works and, and kind of like what's some of the best things you've learned or, you know, what are the coolest plants you've traded, those sorts of things. Okay, so I didn't really get into it until quarantine because I had nothing else to do. You know, I was on Facebook just scrolling, saw someone selling some plants, found a group, and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. So this one group that I'm in, specific to Lexington, they're they're really cool. They're, they'll post plants that they have, plants that they want. People will be like, I saw that at Lowe's or I saw that at Pemberton's. They're just, the plant community in general is really saying plant community is really hilarious to me first of all <laughs> but uh, the plant community they're just really like helpful people and they're cool like every time I'm out and I'm looking at plants I'll see it's typically women but sometimes there are men but I'll see another girl and I'll be like hey are you in that plant group and she's like yeah someone just posted this here and I'm like yeah I'm here too to get the same plant like last weekend <laughs> we were all together and then I said we have to go to Kroger now and you guys did not understand my urgency <laughs> there were not many and it was a Hoya Hindu rope there was literally one left there was I one left yes and I got it and I was so happy and they were just amazed that like an hour ago someone had posted five on the rack and then there was only one left it's really cool it's not a huge community but I like that because it's smaller and more like someone can post a picture and I'm like, oh, I know where that's at. I don't have to be like, oh, where's this weird Kroger that's two hours away, you know. And I'm sure there's a plant group wherever you're located at. There's got to be something. If a lot of people are interested in something, you're going to be able to find it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always areas that it's not like booming in. But if you're near any other city, there's going to be someone else. Uh, what about like bad experiences from social media in, in general? Is that something people, you know, experience? Yeah, like have you ever gotten any bad advice or bad plants or, yeah. you know, anything like that? Oh, there's definitely so much bad advice out there. But it's all different to each person. So what my advice might be great for whatever my coordinates are on the map, but if you're a few miles down the road, I couldn't tell you, like, 
where are your windows? Like, where's your best lighting? That kind of thing. It's different for every person. So, yeah, you can definitely get some easy bad advice if you're following someone in a completely different climate than you. Like, oh, yeah, I keep my cacti all, all year round. And you live in Lexington, Kentucky, where it might <laughs> yeah. downpour one day, snow the next, and then be 99 degrees after that. So, specifically off the top of my head, not really. I mean, the best advice I did ever get was from... Um, a girl here in Lexington uh, she posted some plants on that group and I went and bought them and she had said does is anyone interested in Lekka and I was like what's that looked it up and I was like cool I'll take the rest of your bag I'll buy that from you and then that's where that started now we have gallons yeah <laughs> so much Lekka and, and y'all it looks like if you could imagine cocoa puffs <laughs> That that's what Lekka looks like. It's little clay balls of cocoa puff. But they are very hard. Do not eat them. And it feels like you're stepping on a marble. Mm-mm, yeah, it's it's really when painful to step on. on. But they are glorious because my mom, growing up, my mom and aunt both had plants that you know had the the soil in them, and you know we had cats and dogs, and the cats loved to play in them, and the the gnats and all that stuff. And, and living here now with over a hundred plants, you know, we don't have that problem. The only thing that causes that problem is my compost, which is a whole different story. <laughs> recycle, reuse, and... Reduce, reduce. reuse, recycle. <laughs> and compost. My favorite is refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. So someone offers you, like, plastic color, you just say no. Like drugs nice. kids, just say no. Anywho, <clears throat> that's another podcast. Uh, well, you said something about lighting, um, and I know from experience that you can get pretty cheap lights out there that mimic sunlight. So if if you live in like a a wall landlocked apartment or something where you got no windows or you don't have a you know a sun facing window window, you can always get lamps and any kind of light bulb that'll go into like most lamps, right? Yeah, so my advice for just kind of like general everyone across the board, if you don't have any lighting, it's just a dark room, get any type of lamp with a regular socket in it and go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get a bulb that says daylight bulb. If you want to look at specifics, you can look at the Kelvins on the back and it'll tell you like, it's usually like 1,000 to 6,000. If you can find some that are like 6,500 plus, that's prime because it mimics like almost exactly like sunlight. What do plants need? Sunlight, right? But you don't need to buy these fancy ones that are like green and blue and red and all that. It doesn't matter. If you get a regular light that that's all of the lights, you know? <laughs> and it can be LED, right? Yeah, yeah. You can get these bulbs like in any any fashion i think and you i mean we've bought them at lowe's home depot i don't know about walmart though yeah walmart's got them okay, they just yeah. it's usually easier to find them at like a home depot or something like that because they have a lot a different variety like bigger ones smaller ones to fit whatever lampshade that you have you don't have to buy like these plant these plant lights it's just any light and then put the bulb in it yeah so you don't have to Get a bunch of grow lights and stuff like that. You just need sunlight lamps or lights. Yeah, pretty much. I call them my, I call them my grow lamps too. But that, that's what they are. They help my plants grow. But they're they're not like the don't go to Amazon and type in grow lamps. Like 
look for like daylight bulbs or something like that and then a socket that'll fit it. They're yeah. also really good for taking a selfie. Oh, they are. Yeah. They help with depression too. You know, if you're not out getting that vitamin D. I am low on vitamin D right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question that's not necessarily about, you know, the plants themselves or anything, but I think it's equally as important. Um, what about the vases or the the pots, the containers, all that? You know, I, I've been to Lowe's and places, and a lot of those can be kind of expensive, and, you know, the, they kind of all look the same there. They're all like terracotta or anything. Where do you find all these nifty little vases and pots that we have around here? And wh where are some, like, your most interesting ones from? So, if there's anything that I am, it is that I am cheap. <laughs> Go to Goodwill. Find anything that looks like you can put a plan in it, put a plan in it. You just got to treat it differently sometimes. Like if you don't have a drainage hole or if it's a terracotta plant and it wicks water, you might need to water that plant more. If it's in a jar that doesn't have any drainage, you may not want to water it like hardly ever or put any type of specific plant in there. Maybe put a cactus and water it once every six months and that's it. Or if it's, uh, I mean, you could put Leica and water in it right yeah you could just put leca and water in it and if it's clear you can see when the water gets low or you can stick like a bamboo skewer down in there that's what i do to measure water levels sometimes and then or if you find a pot that doesn't have a drainage hole in it you can leave you can leave the plant in the um nursery pot some people call it a cash pot whatever you just leave the plant in that and then put it in the prettier pot but my most interesting pots have uh, came from Goodwill. <laughs> really just random things I find at Goodwill and I'm like, I think a plant will look cool in that. Then I'll put a plant in it. But some other places are like Dollar Tree. Look for something there. Um, Marshalls or TJ Maxx. They have really good ones sometimes, especially around the fall I think they do. like Or just like decorative things. Then you can get some cheap at Walmart. I mean, you can find them really anywhere. Sometimes they're really more expensive at like Lowe's and home improvement stores. That's why I go to like different places. And I like to find things that aren't advertised for what I use them for because they're usually cheaper. So I just kind of find random things. And if, a plan if I think a plan will look good in it, I'll bring it home. If I don't, I'll sell it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and like if you, if you get one with a hole in it and you don't want it to have a hole, you can always use like... A hot glue gun or something, right? Yeah. To seal I have, it up. I have like this Gorilla Glue epoxy stuff. You just mix it up. It's like a putty. And you just plug the hole and that's it. And if you want it to have a hole, what do you do? Um, You can drill a hole. If it's in glass, use a glass drill bit. If it's in terracotta, you can still use a glass drill bit, but it won't take nearly as long because it's much weaker. Yeah, it's more porous and it just mm -hmm. eats, eats right it. through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it does take a while. I, I drilled some holes for you before, and just just so you know, if you have a drill and you have the glass bits, it does take a while, and to keep it wet nonstop, uh, so you can get all the, like, I, I drilled a lot of glass pots, and if you keep water on it constantly to wash away, like, the glass particles, it goes a lot quicker, and it doesn't make your bit as dull. But also be really careful because we've exploded a few like that. Just if it pops, don't put your eye out, please. <laughs> yeah. Wear safety goggles. Yeah, there you go. And you can get those glass, uh, the bits made for glass cutting on uh, Amazon. I think I got mine at 
Harbor Freight? Yeah, I got mine at Harbor Freight. So you can definitely find them somewhere. But it is a process. You definitely need a good drill for it. Uh, do you have any, like, you know, we're about to wrap this up. Do you have any more advice for people that want to get started in this adventure? So for anyone who's looking for a hobby, getting into plants can be really fun because you can make it really cheap or really expensive. You can do it however you want. So if you just want a few plants around the house you don't want to take care of, get a succulent, that's it. But if you want to grow a forest like I do, you put a lot of time and money into it. But you really don't have to either. I could have gotten a lot less expensive plants in a setup if I wanted to. But it's my hobby and I really enjoy it, so I go into it further. It's really for beginners and advanced. Like Working with plants is so diverse. It's just really fun. All right, well, I want to thank you both for being here this week. Um, if you want to communicate with us in any way, you can email us at educateanidiot at mail.com. And uh, if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, or even if you want to be on the show, I want to say thank you again to Brooke and Dakota, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.